tricks than treats of sports, apparently, <laughs> from our remote quarantine locations. Uh, with me tonight, my co-host, the exclamation point, the passionate one, Reed. Good evening. And me, the question mark, the man who cares nothing about sports, Rowdy. Uh, this is episode 316. Reed, how are we? Feel pretty good. Feel I think we're doing better than Snoop currently. Yeah. Since he had like three shirts on when we saw him. Yeah, he looked like a like some kind of wood elf or something. He yeah. Had his green stocking cap on and yeah, he's got some kind of fever, got the chills. So yeah, we're actually just quarantining from him tonight. Yeah. I think he I think he might be uh think he's it's the COVID? catching that new strain boy i don't know i hope not but be. it seems to have gotten everybody or be getting everybody i feel like there hasn't been a week this year that there hasn't been something going around i well that's true too i know like the flu's going around mm-hmm. and some kind of gi kind of stomach yeah actions happening but well, you know, Rowdy, you and I, we're just strong. We're invincible since we That's already true. had the COVID recently. It's true. So. Yeah, nothing can stop us. So, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was at a buddy's house a week or two ago watching sports and get a text the next day, and he's got COVID. And I thought, oh, man, I'm invincible. No worries. <laughs> but the other guy that was there... He, ended he up getting wouldn't it. say he got COVID, but he wasn't feeling good that next uh-huh. week. <laughs> sure, of course. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so, no, yeah. I'm, it, yeah, it is kind of a blessing in disguise because yeah, I feel I feel a lot better about going into uh, the uh, spooky season and oh yeah, all season. the little nasty hands reaching uh-huh. in bowls of candy and whatnot. Oh, this is when you score, though, Rowdy, this time of year, because you get all those peanut candies. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're about to resupply. Yep. Gonna, we always, yeah, separate out the peanut candies, just keep those out in the garage, and then, yeah, I'll just go out there and eat, eat my peanut peanut like candies. Like a squirrel. Yeah. You have a little, you have a little <laughs> cash, and you just go out there and crunch on some peanut candies. Although this time, <laughs> it's our youngest who has the peanut allergy. She was saying that she, she... What she's going to do is, if people give her peanut candy, she'll take it. But then when if she goes to a house that has stuff that's peanut-free, she'll ask them if she can trade them the peanut candy for an extra piece of their candy. <laughs> there you go. And I'm like, I hey, like this. Okay. I like it. Hey, yeah. if you want to try that, go for it. So, yeah, we'll Heck see how yeah. that works out for her. I bet that'll work out all right. Yeah. What are you dressing up so- as? Oh, man, I don't know. Picture framer. <laughs> I like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, man, I feel like I... I think we've talked about this before on the pod, but I feel like I got out of um, the Halloween thing and, like, the costumes and trick-or-treating and all that, like, prematurely, like, before oh, most really? people did. Like, nine or ten is probably when I was basically done with trick-or-treating and doing that, and then quickly moved on to vandalism. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was the best thing you vandalized? Well, I mean, we do the, like, TPN and do mm-hmm. that kind of thing, but 
there was there was a group of us in A Town that we had a real proclivity for running over people's trash cans. Oh, nice. And so, like at on um, on uh, you know trash night, we knew when trash night was around the different areas. And but you know, I think about that now and like how many bags of leaves we exploded with our cars, our trash cans we knocked. And this was before they had like these big you know, plastic barrels right. that they pick up with the arm. And this was like old school, like Rubbermaid or metal trash cans, yeah. you know. And we're just driving around hitting them. And I would lose my mind if I had spent all afternoon raking leaves and then somebody in a 80-something Nissan or Chevette came through and just exploded them. <laughs> One time we hit this house. Yeah, I, I didn't ever hit this house, but I was in the car. We hit this house so much that they started putting cinder blocks between their trash cans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you couldn't do that kind of stuff today with the doorbell cameras and the oh, yeah. you, amount of... You, yeah, amount of uh, instantly. Amount of uh, firearms yes. <laughs> that are around these days that... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. But we would have made a good... It would have made for a good YouTube channel... Oh, for sure. You know, I, I'm glad that we were unable to video the things, <laughs> some of the things we did over the uh -huh. years. Yes. But that's a Rust Belt town. There's nothing to do. Yeah, you just, you just have to make look your own for trouble. Fun, so, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty harmless, yeah. too. It's, an, it's annoying, for sure. I mean, but. yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, we did probably did more damage to our cars. I was going to say, yeah, you're not. <laughs> than we did to people's trash cans, but. <laughs> I mean, here's one time one got stuck under the car, and we're just going down the road with sparks flying. Jeez. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you just haul up, on, we haul up on the curb and nail them? And well, it's it, not on the curb. We only hit the ones that were, like, on People the street. People set them out on the street. Could, well, Or if you could get into the yard a little bit uh -huh. in neighborhoods where there were no curbs. Okay. But we called it cannon, and we'd just, like, call each other. You want to go cannon? <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Yeah. Just a, you know, just another Friday night in A Town. We set pumpkins across the road so people would run over them. We'd smash pumpkins. Mm -hmm. We were just—I mean, yeah, it would. Yeah, like you said, all the stuff that would just. Now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, just light you up. But <laughs> you know, I could only be mad for a, a minute or two. I just right. like, it's just the universe coming uh -huh. back around, baby. Oh, yeah. Like I'm, I'm due. <laughs> oh man, it's kind of what I think when I get things vandalized at the shop. It's like, well, I mean, you had it coming. You know, I mean, this is a real pain in the ass, but you, you definitely had it coming. Yeah. So, yeah. What are you dressing up as? Um, I don't know. I saw... Uh, a mound builder? I was, well, I was trying to decide, and I took the kids to Spirit Halloween, um, and I saw... The, the only thing that really spoke to me was there was there was one mask that just was labeled Vintage Dingus Mask. <laughs> <laughs> but, what did it look like? Uh, it was like a goofy clown. Oh, okay. Um, like a rubber mask. Yeah. Yeah. But... Uh, but yeah, as our as our buddy Mike said, you know, my my culture is not a costume, so <laughs> yeah. I was a little offended. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like it was hanging right next to the headdresses. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, I feel like they may, they must have, I, I feel like everything ethnic they've, PC now. they've removed, except I do think there were maybe some, like, sombreros and ponchos, like that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. The poor, the Mexicans still haven't made it. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, I've seen, and with, with that, like, there's, uh, there was some some YouTube video where some guy was like dressed up in like a poncho and sombrero and everything and was like asking people on the street like, hey, what do you think of my costume? And so just every white person he talked to was like, that's offensive. Like that's yeah. cult- cultural appropriation. It's a stereotype. <laughs> and then he went over to like some Mexican restaurants and they were like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's really awesome. Dude. So they're yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but yeah, that one's that one, I guess you could still do. And then I guess, uh, you know, there's also Mario. If you want to dress up as an Italian, you can still, do Oh, that. or a plumber or a plumber. Yeah. Yeah. Or a plumber. Yeah. Interesting. I heard something on the internet. I don't know where, but that, they were explaining the beginning of Mario Brothers where he goes like, it's a me, Mario. Yeah. Like the it's a me is what we're hearing, but it's the Japanese word for super. So he's just saying Super oh. Mario in Japanese. I don't know if that's real, but huh. I saw it and it kind of blew my mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like an Italian... Uh, you know, kind of thing. It's Super Mario in Japanese, allegedly. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was growing up, Mario was the villain because he... Luigi? Uh, Luigi was the guy? Well, no, because I had an Atari, so I didn't have the Nintendo, so oh. I didn't get to play all the Mario Brothers games. So the only game I had that had Mario in it was Donkey Kong Jr., and in Donkey Kong oh. Jr., Mario has captured Donkey Kong and has him in the cage. And you're playing Donkey oh. Kong Jr., and you have to try to free uh, Kong. go up and free Kong. And and uh, Mario's, like, launching all these uh, creatures at you to stop you. This was so on Atari? Uh-huh. It was oh, also on Nintendo, but... In arcades and stuff, but yeah, we had an Atari. We had I remember Pole Position. Oh you yeah, remember that one, the IndyCar mm-hmm. one. And I don't remember what else, but I do remember our Atari quite well. Yeah, had those switches on it. Yeah, so Mario Mario is still kind of a villain to me, but okay, well, um, hey, well, you know what you know. Should we get into it? Yeah, might as well. All right, well, Reed. How about some sports? Well, how about it? Uh, right, well, let's. Oh, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, you go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because I don't know All anything right. about this. First up, we have small market baseball. That's right, Rowdy. The World Series is set. As of oh. last night, the last team won in a seven-game series. So, if you had to take a guess at who's in the World Series, who do you think? Oh. Now, remember the headline, Small Market Baseball. 
small market's a little bit misleading, probably for one of these teams, but in terms of baseball, it's a, a smaller fan base. Okay. One is I, a small I, market. I'm going to, I'm actually, I'm having to Google baseball teams, ML, MLB teams just to see. Okay. Fair enough. What the list is here. Use okay, the so data set see. you need. So it's going to be American League and National League. And right? National League. One American, one National. Okay. Um, going by cities here. Which one are you doing first, American? Okay, so American League, I'm going to say it's either the Tampa Bay Rays or okay. the uh, uh, Texas Rangers. Boom! It is the Texas it, Rangers. Okay. First World Series appearance since 2011. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And then let's see, for National League. Now what do we League. got? National League, yeah. Hmm. Great radio. Is it the Rockies? No, but the correct division. The Rockies were the worst team in baseball this year. Uh, I think they had 54 Is it the Padres? Wins. No. Could have been. Diamondbacks. There you go. That's really? right. Texas Rangers versus the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, Rowdy, the Texas Rangers were 90-72 and 72 this year. They were tied with the Astros in the AL West. That's actually who they beat to get to the series. Remember the cheaters from 2017, the buzzers yes. and the trash can beating? The Diamondbacks, even more impressive. They were second in the NL West with 84 wins. The Dodgers had 100 wins, Um, but they made it through to the series. Now, just two years ago, Rowdy, the Diamondbacks won 54 games. That means they lost 108 games two years ago. And now... What have they changed? Now they're in the World Series. Well, they got some pitching, and they did well in free agency. And... A lot of these teams, like the Mets this year, were uh, at the beginning of the season were a favorite. They were loaded. They had the largest uh, uh, roster uh, in terms of money uh, in all of baseball. And by about two-thirds into the season, they just had a fire sale and started selling people off because (laughs) they were already out of it. Um, You had a big, a lot of talent in uh, L.A. for the Dodgers. A lot of talent in Houston with the Astros, um, but none of these teams came out of it. It is going to be the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. I'm definitely rooting for the Diamondbacks. I was rooting for them last night. They beat the Phillies last night, who the Phillies are probably at this point the most stacked team, at least in terms of power, for hitting in MLB. They've got some... They've got Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper and Trey Turner. I mean, they got some guys that can smack the ball. Um, but they went down. I forget what the final score was last night. It was fairly convincing win, like 6-2 or something. Um, okay. But, yeah, I think the series starts on Friday night, but it's pretty cool to see two teams not over 90 wins out of 162 in the uh, – in the World Series. So I saw 
one of the one of the kind of fun things that I I did see with the Diamondbacks, and it makes sense now that I know that they're actually in the World Series. Um, did you see the Snakes Alive sign? No. So That's there was awesome. there was a fan, um, <laughs> probably probably um, the second to last game when yeah, when yeah. they when they won there was this there was this man holding up just a like eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper. <laughs> oh yeah, and like in all caps, Helvetica. Uh, it just <laughs> it it just says in black ink. Snakes alive. That's it. I love it. <laughs> and he was holding up the sign, and it made it onto the broadcast. And then they won. So yeah. people were all kind of like joking about the snakes alive sign. So then the the Diamondbacks actually their stadium operations staff put uh, snakes alive. They printed out snakes alive signs that looked like that guy's and then at the at the bottom they have their little like embrace the chaos diamondbacks thing at the bottom but they're all just like eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper (laughs) and they just scotch taped them to every seat behind home plate (laughs) oh so awesome yeah i think it was the diamondbacks philly series where the home team never won oh okay yeah, huh. so it went seven games, and I think, I know Arizona won the last two in Philly, but I'm pretty sure it was that series where the home team never won, so pretty interesting. Cause, well, I'm uh, glad I wasn't doing the, hot taters on that, because I would have yeah, always picked the home team. Exactly. In the uh, pennant race there, the uh, I think it goes 2-3-2 two, two in, two, in terms of where the teams play. So there's not as much travel as like NBA or whatever, but hmm. yeah, <clears throat> actually it's kind of piqued my interest for baseball this year because it's too, you know, like it's not the Dodgers or the Red Sox or the Yankees yeah. or the Nats or, you know, it's different teams and they're smaller markets and they're not, they didn't have, they had good seasons, but they didn't have great winning seasons in terms of their records. So should be interesting. Hmm. Uh, Snoop will have to give you all the breakdown and analysis on matchups and pitching and all that because I don't follow it enough. But I was glad to see uh, some of these super teams go down. Some of these some of these franchises that thought they could just buy a three hundred fifty million dollar roster and walk away with the with the <laughs> series trophy and not so much. So pretty cool. Well, pretty and cool. I did see that the so the Astros I guess lost. 11 to, the to 4 to the Rangers yep. in their season. Yeah. And I think it's pretty clear why that happened though. Why is that? Because the the son of the man who assassinated John F Kennedy was in attendance. Okay, hold Ted on. Ted Cruz. The- Oh, okay. I was one. I was trying to figure out who we were gonna say assassinated JFK. Okay, yeah, I love it. The, yeah, this Ted Cuban. Cruz, this Cuban. Yeah, Ted Cruz was in attendance, and oh my god, he actually Astros fans were begging on social media, begging Ted Cruz not to show up because. <laughs> They're, they're, they believe a lot of a lot of Texas 
sports fans believe that there is a Ted Cruz curse. Um, oh, and so, yeah. for, for example, the, the, three, the three games that he, outside of this, this Astros-Rangers game, uh, the, the two other games that he has commented publicly uh, on, on attending, one was Baylor's, uh, Baylor football's home opener where they lost Oops. Texas State. Um, and then you'll appreciate this on October 7th, Texas A&M lost to Alabama. Ted oh, he was Cruz at that was game? Also in it. Yes, he was oh, there. Oh man. Yeah. And people, and at the, at the Alabama <laughs> game, there were even some people when they saw that Ted Cruz was there, they're like, well, Alabama's going to win. <laughs> so I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this guy, uh, Ryan Nani, for the the messenger sports, uh, he he actually went through and crunched some numbers, looked at <laughs> at uh, Ted Cruz, basically his his uh, games that he's been season ticket holders to, um, other other stats throughout like throughout mm-hmm. the years to see, you know, is is the Ted Cruz curse real? Yeah, and what he found was. For the NBA, the winning percentage with Ted Cruz in attendance is 83.3%. So oh. if anything, he's actually maybe helping... Basketball's his the, thing, the, huh? Yeah, maybe helping yeah. the NBA teams. Now, I also don't know how many games he has attended, because I feel like he's more of a... I feel like you tend to see him more at baseball and football. Um, okay. And so when we get into baseball... When he's been in attendance, uh, the teams that he is rooting for have a 58.8% winning percentage. Mm. So not, not Flip great. Flip of a coin. But then when we get to uh, college football, we're looking at a 16.6% winning percentage. So I think, I think we've found the Cruz curse really does apply to college football. Yeah, sounds like it. Yikes. I mean, this this oh. is the man who uh, none other than Mitt Romney described as quote frightening, scary, a demagogue. <laughs> so it's just uh, I feel like he's 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 kind of an energy vampire. Oh, dude, he's the and worst. He probably just sucks the life out of yeah. uh, sucks the life out of those those college football games. Yeah, the energy right out of there. Yeah, because college football is all about. The experience. It's a much better overall fun time experience than professional football. And so I could see it. And there's a lot of Texas teams where the senator could show up. I mean, there's a Texas football is, uh, there's a lot of major programs in Texas. So he, he has quite the array of teams to ruin. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Now he he denies he he denies that this is a, a real thing, and he's oh, of like, course, you know, like if they're just gonna like call he denies his dad didn't shoot Kennedy. Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, come on, Raphael. We know, know we know that's not true. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I think that uh, I think there may be something to it, and I think it's uh, I I just hope. Well, okay, so I'm a believer. Assuming. <laughs> Assuming the curse is real, mm-hmm. what 
what games do you want Ted Cruz attending? What teams do you want Ted Cruz rooting for? Well, I'd like Ted Cruz to root for, well, currently in college football, he can root for Michigan and Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could root for Washington. He could root for Georgia. Um, Texas, which he probably, I mean, that's a no-brainer there, huh? Yeah. UT Austin. Um, and LSU. Let's have okay. him. Let's have him just cross the border and okay. go into Baton Rouge and root for LSU. Okay. Maybe next time there's an ice storm in Texas, he can flee to Baton Rouge instead of uh, yeah. wherever he went, uh, Cabo or wherever Cabo. The hell he went. <laughs> Cancun. Yeah. yeah. You know, because you've done that oh, before, man. right, Rowdy? You, your girls are going somewhere on an airplane, and yeah. you just fly with them and fly right back to uh-huh. get to work just to make sure everything's totally. okay. <laughs> yeah, just a very normal, you know, yeah. normal dad behavior. <laughs> Let me fly you to another. You ride the school bus then, with your kids. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, oh, dude, that's a that's a tidbit I was not aware of the Ted Cruz curse. I am all in on that. Oh yeah, he was probably one of the trash cans the Astros were beating on in 2017. <laughs> oh man, yep. I was so glad to see the Astros out though. I I just. Once something like that, it's like with the Patriots and Brady and Belichick. Once something like that comes out with that, you got a little shenanigans going on, which we will get into here momentarily with another sports team. Uh, it's hard to come back from that, I think, it, well, especially hey, for rivals. Let's just get into it. All right, let's go right into it. Let's see. All uh, right. The headline is uh, Pure Michigan Cheating. That's right, Rowdy. The Michigan Wolverines got a problem on their hands. Now, you will be surprised to know that the majority of college football thinks this is, and I'm talking about like coaches, like Saban's made a statement on this. Uh, Matt Rule at Nebraska's made a statement on this. Deion Sanders at Colorado's made a statement on that. No big deal. They've been accused of stealing signs and illegally scouting. All right? Now, who do you think... Of all the college teams, what, how do you, that would okay, have, wait, how do you steal signs? Yeah, I jumped the gun here. So the signals that they that the coaches send into either the defense or offense, they're usually hand signals. Sometimes, okay. some of those uh, teams like Oregon, I think, started this. They use those big poster boards with like cartoons on them or TV shows or different signals and stuff. But the the specific NCAA rule is that you cannot attend opponents' games during that season in order to scout. So you can't send somebody to like Alabama can't send somebody to a Tennessee game the week before and watch them and get their signals and watch their play calling and all that and then come back to Alabama and report. So they're essentially and do just all decipher, that. deciphering. Based they're deci- on, they're okay, taking they're vid- allegedly okay. they're taking video. And they uh-huh. have some, like, this guy has been accused of buying 30 tickets to 11 different uh, Big Ten games in one season. And what he's doing is, like, he did this at the Ohio State-Georgia uh, game a couple years ago. He bought two tickets, one behind each sideline. Oh, wow. So that he can get behind Georgia's sideline and try to get their signs, and then he can go and, and move over to the other side of the stadium and get behind the other sideline and try to get their signs. 
So huh. basically across, from what I've understood across the college world is sign stealing's a thing. Everybody kind of does it. It does seem a little maybe perhaps uncharacteristic, hard to tell, though, maybe not to actually send someone to games to watch these games. I'm, I would be willing to bet this happens way more than we know about, you know, any kind of advantage, any oh, kind yeah. of edge, what, what's going on. So, w- like I said, we've heard statements from Nebraska in the Big Ten. We've heard statements from Colorado in the Pac-12. We've heard statements from Alabama in the SEC. What team do you think is on fire right now about Jim Harbaugh in Michigan stealing signs, and their media will not let it go, and they are going ape? Is it Ohio State? Gotta be the poison nuts, right? <laughs> this is fuel to their fire for the poison nuts. They're going absolutely crazy. Now, it did come out that Michigan State said that they considered not playing Michigan last weekend when this story broke. And I thought, well... Oh, wow. I mean, I think Michigan beat them like 45 to nothing, so they basically didn't play anyway. Right, I mean, They have yeah. two wins this season, so what's the deal? You're just saving yourself the embarrassment. Yeah. But now Harbaugh's already coming off a self-imposed three or four game suspension for recruiting violations during COVID, that this was self-imposed. Michigan did this to themselves. But allegedly now with the sign-stealing scandal, NCAA is involved, and we're talking about getting computers, getting telephones, oh, wow. getting like really kind of diving into this. The interesting huh. thing about it, though, is that the Big Ten's not really doing any of this. They should have been the ones that were wise to this before the, you know, the NCAA, the wider umbrella, got wind of this. But right. evidently, the Big Ten hasn't done anything about this, but they are allegedly cooperating. But they just kind of look in the other way. It's fine. I mean, Michigan's number two in the country or whatever they are, number two or number three. So ain't played nobody. But, uh, huh. you know, they're up there. So, yes, this has become a huge deal for the Poison Nuts, obviously. Any kind of any kind of extra hate on the college up north, the team up north, that they can, uh, they can lay on, they're going to. I get it. I mean, I think most teams would probably do the same thing, but... I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Harbaugh is, uh, as we have noted many times over the years, is quite the interesting character. So um, he's a is, yeah. He's an. It oddball. is funny that it's happening to Michigan. <clears throat> but oh, yeah. we'll see. I think Michigan is extremely overrated this year. They are undefeated. Well, I know you're on Ohio State's side. Oh yeah, you know me. I uh, they do still play that's always the last game of the season so that one of them will not be undefeated if they both can get there um without losing but i think michigan's going to have a hard time when they play a team with a winning record which they have yet to do i believe this season so it makes sense that they're blowing people out so we'll see we shall see uh, anything else to add to that? Any Jim Hardball tidbits or anything like that? Or are we moving on? Um, I don't have anything. Um, All right. So let's move on. This next right. one is MJ Forbes 400. Rowdy, Michael Jordan. Let me pull up the uh, info here. Michael Jordan is the first athlete to be on the U.S. Forbes 400 list with a net worth 
of $3 billion. Whoa. He recently sold his majority stake of the Charlotte Hornets, which was a huge cash injection for him. And uh, I've got it here. What do you think Michael Jordan's annual royalties from Nike is? Oh, gosh. Let me give you a math hint. It's $496 a minute. What? Yep. It's $260 million a year that Michael Jordan makes from Nike. Wow. That is... Yeah. $496 a minute. Has he made more from Nike at this point than he ever did from playing? Oh, yeah. He didn't make $100 million playing. Okay. In terms of salary. It was just salary, that wasn't yeah. how it was back then. I mean, the I know day. there was like other, yeah. Yeah, other endorsements and all kinds of, and all that Space Jam money and everything. Right. But, right. but a quarter of a billion dollars a year from Nike alone. And then he's got the motorcycle team. He had the Charlotte Hornets. I think he's got some ownership and some other things. I mean, 500 bucks a minute? I mean, what? That is insane. What are we doing? Yeah. But I thought that was interesting that he's the first athlete and will not be the last. Uh, I wonder what his gambling life is like these days. I know, man. I can only imagine. I mean, I've heard Barkley talk about it. They, he's, he's seen him play for $10,000 a hole. And he said, That's when you insane. play with Michael, you pay him at the end of the round. So if you're down $70,000, he wants the money before you leave the right course. Then. Yep. <laughs> yep. You're going to pay him. Yeah. I mean, where do you that get $70,000? You go to the bank and try to get $70,000. Dream yeah. on. You know, I mean, this has to be pre-planned. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, That's yeah. insane. I mean, LeBron, or LeBron will be a billionaire if he's not close to it already. Yeah. I mean, Magic's a billionaire. I mean, there are, there are these athletes. But the interesting thing is that this isn't from this isn't from salary typically. But with soccer money and baseball money, you're going to see some oh, guys yeah. get close to a billion, if not over a billion, just in salary. I mean, yeah. Shohei Otani—they're talking about a, a five hundred million dollar contract for him. Oh my god! And that's just one contract. And you can play he baseball. Yeah, he does deserve it, for, it, it relative to all the other contracts, for sure. But, I mean, you can play baseball for a minute, especially him. Once he quits pitching, he can still hit if he can still, you know, if he's in physical shape. He can hit until he's 40. Huh. I mean, and he's like 20-something right now. And he's going to get a 10-year, 12-year, $500 million contract. That means he's going to get another one. At some point, too, not that high, because they'll probably be done pitching by then. But, I mean, good grief, dude. So yeah, 20, it's coming. Twenty nine. He's twenty nine. Just turned yeah, yeah. Tw- turned twenty nine in yeah, July. Yeah, so he's got another, he's got another ten year, and he's not going to get that long contract now since he, it, he's not pitching next year, because he's yeah. having surgery. But he might get a six year, four hundred, six year, three hundred fifty million dollar deal. Hmm. Yeah. And then in the endorsements is where the money's at. Have you seen his? Oh, yeah. He's doing a New Balance commercial now. I saw on TV oh, the is other he really? day. Yeah. New Balance. 
But uh, yeah, dude, the amount of money in sports now, and then what you can do with a eighty, ninety, hundred million dollar nut once you quit playing and get in, get into investing in other teams or businesses or whatever. Got to have money to make money. Well, and I mean, at least at least Otani's getting that New Balance money since he uh, also was one of FTX's global ambassadors. Oh, was he on that train too? Oh, mm-hmm. Showtime! Yeah, so Come he, on. So when they yeah, so when they filed for bankruptcy, uh, he was one of the spokespeople who was being sued for promoting unregistered securities. In that class action lawsuit, he could claim so I don't language know that barrier. Going to happen with that? He but, could claim yeah. language barrier. Oh, there you barrier. go. Yeah, Tom Brady, on the other <laughs> hand, guilty as charged. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom's doing that with his money now. He's bought. He's uh, owner in the Raiders. I mean, it's hmm. that's the that's the. Well, remember yeah. that Starbucks on Fall Creek and like thirty something. Oh yeah. That was Magic Johnson Starbucks. That's right. Yeah. Forgot about that. Now it's Command Coffee. Yeah. His Starbucks didn't last. That was a poor. Yeah. That, that was, was a, a bad poor location by Magic Johnson. But that was just. Uh, that was his was that? strategy. I think is to put Starbucks in like repressed areas, lower income yeah. areas. Yeah. Well, Which, I don't really do that. get that you as a business strategy. <laughs> Got to make sure people can get in and out of the. Well, that's Starbucks. the problem with that location. And that was for the, sure. That was yeah. the problem. Yeah, you but, got a five-lane I mean, road. If Ma- it, yeah, if Magic Johnson would have asked me, I could have, mm-hmm. uh, I could have let him know. But you could have been helpful. Um, yeah. Huh. Well, that's that's crazy. Well, that's a lot of gambling money for for MJ. Yeah, I, I, that's a great question. I would love to know what he. I mean, I bet he gambles on everything. Like just stupid stuff. I mean, you heard oh, you sure. hear the stories of him handing like the airport guys three or four or five hundred dollars and say, "Make sure my bag comes out first, and then he bets a rookie a thousand dollars that his bag will come out first. You know, I mean, he would do stuff like <laughs> yeah. that when they were playing. So who knows what he's doing now with three billion? Good God. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. Made the list. Made the list of the upper echelon. Hmm. First athlete. Well, one one thing that he could do is buy uh, buy some jewelry, and he might. He's not really been a big jewelry guy, right? Well, he's MJ. got all those championships. He always wore earrings. Yeah. 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 But he never. I don't ever well, he, remember seeing him with a whole lot of chains or anything. Yeah. Well, he might be interested in. He might need to talk to Jason of Beverly Hills. Oh, because Jason! Th- this is the uh, is that with a Y. The designer of the Denver Nuggets 2023 NBA championship rings, and this is like, I could this this is this is a Reed ring. I feel it's like dope. This is, it is dope. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this this ring, it is compartments. Yeah, hidden compartments, levers. So there is a um, the the coolest feature, the kind of the standout feature of this ring is that it's not one ring. Right. It's two rings. So the ring itself, the main ring is like um, I don't know if it's silver or white gold. Probably platinum. But, uh, probably. Yeah. Platinum. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> 
And so then, but then there's a gold inner part to the ring and that other part of the ring actually slides out. So uh, underneath your big bulky championship ring, you've got this smaller gold ring and then inset in that, you know, framed by diamonds, um, you have the, like a miniature version of their NBA champion banner. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, then there's also a lever. So on the, on the top of the ring, it says nuggets in gold. It just surrounded by diamonds. There's like the two pickaxes uh-huh. in the mountains and then like blue sapphires behind that. But if you, uh, there's a lever on the top of the ring that changes the year 1967 to 2023. And when you flip that lever, it switches that color of the background from the blue sapphires to white. Oh, sick. I didn't know that part. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. See, you got you got a party time, big ass clunky ring. And then you got, you know, just uh, business casual casual wear business casual. Excuse me. Gold slide. Wear it anywhere. Yeah. Maybe slip that thing on your pinky and have a cigar. And the and the way it's designed too, the way it just fits right into the other one. It's not like uh, I mean, it's the same. You know, whatever your ring size is, that's right. That's the size of the of the inner ring too. So. Yeah, it's a cool design, but Jason of Beverly Hills, this is kind of the go-to. Uh, well, he's he's one of Drake's go-tos. Oh, if jeweler, that, if huh? That tells you okay. Anything. Yeah, but he's also done. Um, he did the 2020 LA Lakers championship ring. Um, he did the uh, Tampa Bay. He he did uh, the Tom Brady's. Um, I don't know if you remember this. There was the the. Uh, Buccaneers Super Bowl ring that had the hidden compartment that showed the stadium. Yes. So it fl- it yep. fl- it flipped up and the stadium was inside. Yep. So this guy's yeah, into Jason, doors and compartments. I like it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm not a big jewelry person. No, me but, neither. But yeah, the the hidden compartments. That's that's just yeah. a fun. He's always putting something something. In. It's kind of like when you when you look at people. Um, well, because he did the same thing with the Rams for their Super Bowl ring. You lift off the top, and it's like a miniature version of the field, like full color. Um, That's cool of the of the Rams field. But yeah, it's like that jewelry making, and it's like that and and clock making, like or watch making. When you look at that, it's just like the level of detail that, that fine tuning for yeah. something that small yeah. it, that's insane yeah. to me yeah those guys are wild any kind of like miniature metalworking gearing like you're saying with the watches you watch those videos of those guys laying those gears in there and doing it's just like dude yeah, yeah. E- even just like the tiny diamonds that you're putting mm-hmm. in this thing like how are you getting the facets on diamonds that are that tiny. Children's hands. I would I'd be losing those oh. left and right. Yeah, my work my work area would just have diamonds all over the floor. <laughs> in like the AC vent, cracks in the floor. I'd have a hundred thousand. There was one night where I was I was just kinda thinking to myself, I'm like, what other what other career would I want to be in? I think it was when we were uh, a- after our Michigan trip, and I went to all those different like uh, 
rock places. Rock hunting yeah. and stuff. And then there was like that gym <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, and mineral museum that we went to. And looking at all that stuff, I'm like, it'd be pretty cool to be the person who's actually like shaping the gemstones. I don't know how you even get into that. But yeah. That would be kind of cool. I think, I mean, I, I think my hands are too shaky mm. to to maybe do that, but I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, maybe that's a late in life career to get into. What it, is there a term for uh, rock collecting or rock or gem cutting or whatever? Like there is for, you know, coin collecting uh, or stamp like collecting? Lapid, lapid, lapidary. 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 Yeah. That's it. Yeah. When you're a rock rock shiner. Yeah, the practice of shaping stones, minerals, or gemstones. Um, Maybe this is yeah, a retirement scheme for you, Rowdy. You could, you could move be. to Sedona I, and you start selling vortex crystals. Oh, I thought you meant I get in there and then I steal all the gems and then I retire. Oh, well, that too. I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, okay. Too. <laughs> a preemptive strike. Well, like, you know, as you're, as you're shaping, shaping these stones, it's like one for me, yeah. one for thee. You wear, you wear a uh, nice leather uh, apron, but it has a, a lots of secret pockets in it. Uh huh. And you slide uh, well, those in there. I, what I would do is I just, I just come in and, and, um, I'd constantly be eating like um, dots, pretzels, or something. Oh, and, runs and just yeah. like little can little candies, little colorful candies. Oh, sneak so them out in your like... mouth. Mm-hmm. Oh, now are you going full yeah. bore with the swallow, or are you just holding them in your mouth? No, I ha- I think I'd have to. I think I'd have to swallow go, them. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. So you're gonna have to have so, a strainer in the uh, little boys' room. Yeah. Yeah. Work out a system. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Come, come home and, S- and smuggling. Pan, pan, pan for my gems. Yeah. <laughs> Rowdy becomes a gem smuggler. <laughs> and his body is the vehicle. Oh, I hope, dude. I hope if I do pursue this career, nobody listens to this podcast. Yeah, you, well, nobody listens. Nah. I, I think I answered my You've question. You've blown your cover with six people. It's no big <laughs> deal. Yeah. That's why I felt so open about my vandalism uh, history. Oh, guess what? Well, I was just looking to see uh, how, how you get into uh, lapidary stuff. And uh, okay. there was someone on the Indianapolis Reddit one month ago that said, recently I came upon what is essentially a whole vintage lapidary lab set up, and I'm looking to get it into the right hand, someone who can use it. Oh, um, what do they want for it? I've emailed local miner- mineralogy and lapidary groups, and most have archaic we- websites, so I'm not accepting much of a response. Um, says he's he's been quoted anywhere from one thousand dollars to three thousand dollars. That's for a all pretty big window. How about eight hundred? That's what I'm yeah. thinking. Eight hundred to the door. Oh, I, I would I like to kind of get into rocks, but once we got to talking about that one night, and you know, you got to like. Spin these rocks for what weeks? Seems like a lot. I mean, it it depends on how you do it. Yeah. Um, there's there's different different types of uh, whatever you call them uh, polishers that can can do it a little bit faster. Oh, okay. But, but the other thing too, you uh, um, 
when you are sh- like I think what I would want to do because if you just tumble them they're gonna keep the same shape that they are but <clears throat> figure out how to like kind of polish them or shape them before you put them in the tumbler oh. so you get them, like a shape before you put them in hmm. but um, yeah I don't know we have to get you some diamond tip saw blades and wet wet saws and you know it'll take a yeah. little bit of equipment but I could see it I could see it for sure yep rocks are cool so yeah so I don't know we'll see I'm hopeful something I'm hopeful for this what's next um, well, so this is actually sent in by our buddy Sean, the Colonel, uh, the, the Kentucky Colonel. Um, there was a new world record set in the world of jump roping. Dude, I so, think I saw some of this. So this guy, Japanese guy, Karato Hitaka, he set a, a new Guinness world record for the most revolutions in a single skip. Yep. And... It was eight. So there, in the video, you see him, and he just jumps. I mean, he gets up there yeah, pretty high. He's got some spring. He, and oh my goodness, yeah, mm-hmm. he's. I mean, he's got a pretty even good see vertical. The rope. And then, do they slow it down? Uh-uh. Do they video it and like slow it down? See that? That's that's the thing. I don't even know that there's a rope there. Yeah, you can't see it. Because uh, even even when he stops, I'm not really even seeing the rope. They got to have some yeah. one of those like uh, high frame rate cameras or something to count the revolutions because yeah I, I don't know it did seem a little fishy to me but yeah I mean it looks like you could go out there and just get the handles of a jump rope and just go wild you could fake it yeah yeah go ham well that's what I always used to do did you guys ever in your elementary school did you ever do that jump rope for heart oh yeah the jump-a-thon or what a skip-a-thon yeah. or whatever oh yeah 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 so what I would do is I would turn turn my body so I was like facing you know the, basically put both both sides of the jump rope in one hand oh. <laughs> and then ju- and then just swing it and then I could do my jumps but I didn't actually have to trip over the rope oh. I could just be jumping and then spinning <laughs> spinning that rope which were you good at jump rope no I was terrible at jump mm, rope that's a timing thing me? yeah it is a timing thing. Mm. Timing and coordination, yeah, it's not my strong suit. Were you a so. one hop between or a two hop? What do you mean? You know how you, some people like two hop, they like flip the rope and then they double bounce, flip the rope, double bounce, flip the rope, double bounce. Or were you just a boing, boing, just a one hopper? Yeah, just a one hopper. Could you do the crisscross? Could do the other. Where you could go oh, no. and s- cross your arms and get the rope around you? Oh, no you. way. Yeah. No way. Could you do all that? Nah, man. But there were people that could. I could do the double uh-huh. hop. I mean, I haven't jumped rope in probably 25 years, so I should try it. I mean, it's good exercise. That's what they say. But... Hmm. Oh, yeah. Some of those girls, and then the girls that could do, like, they get the long ropes out and they could do the double dutch and stuff, that was, I was, I always thought that was awesome because it just mm-hmm. looked like complete chaos. It's like, how oh, are yeah. you doing this when the ropes start mm-hmm. going different directions and everything mm-hmm. and the and the the rope people gotta be good too you know you gotta oh, yeah. have some major wrist action yeah 
That's How for is that real. Not, is jump roping. That's not an Olympic sport, is it? No, but it probably should oh, be. It is. What? First ever jump rope tournament in Colorado. Don't miss the first ever jump rope tournament in Colorado. More than 1,200 athletes from 25 countries. Um, yeah, so there's an international jump rope. Who's the world champion? Um, I don't know. Is this know. dominated by the Japanese? I mean, the, the, didn't you say the world record holder was a Japanese guy? So they're trying to they're trying to get it into the Olympics. There are groups who are trying to trying to turn it into an Olympic sport. Um, but in uh, in Tokyo at the 2020 Olympics, they they did do a jump rope halftime show. Oh, okay. Halftime so, show for what sport? Basketball? Mm. What else has halftime in the know. Olympics? I think handball, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was during the handball. Okay. So, there's a lot of sports like that, though, that people are like, "This should be, this should be." I know. Do you feel? I think they do just you double the size? Okay. I was just going to ask. Do you feel like the Olympics are getting watered down, or there's room for everybody? Well, what they what they might what they might consider doing is if you're doing, so, you've got. Summer Olympics every four years and winter. So it's Summer Olympics and then two years later, Winter Olympics right. they, and, and they, two years later, Summer. And that's a new thing that used to be the same year. They, it, both of them okay. were on the same four-year cycle, but they switched that, I think, in the 90s. So, yeah. So then all you do is on those off years, you make it like the weird Olympics. So, like, if you're... Something special. Um, oh, no, no. No. Yeah, so the year so Already you do your summer that. Olympics and then and then the next one you do your summer weird Olympics. <laughs> yeah. And then you do winter Olympics and then the winter weird Olympics and then you're back to oh, Wait, that'd be 5 years. Summer, summer weird, winter. Winter weird, then back to summer. And, and then we be back to summer. Yeah. Winter. It could work every 4 years. Each summer, one's every 4 yeah. years. Yeah. That'd work. Yeah. Now, what would so, some of the winter weird one weird uh, events be? Snowshoeing. Um. That is that not in the Olympics? Nah, not just snowshoeing. Tubing. Hmm. Um, ice sculpting. Ice sculpting. Um. There's polar like plunge. The, uh, yeah. There's the there's the things that they do like the ice sailing. Oh right, yeah. That's I don't know if that's. You in could the do Olympics. speed skating on um, lakes and stuff. Yeah. It makes all those weird sounds. Snowball fight. Snowball fight. I like it. Yeah. Uh, shovel shovel races. Oh, like in a driveway. Like sledding on the shovels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Igloo building. Yeah, you could do that. Um, there's others, there's, there's one in, uh, I don't, I don't know what country they do this, but they, they ski, but in, they're being pulled by a horse. Oh, really? Or a dog. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. You can have a uh, dog sled. It's, uh, 
Yeah, so it's a... Uh, oh, yeah, dog sled would be oh. great. Yeah, this is Norwegian. It's oh. skeek, skeek joring. Skeek joring. Which means ski driving. And so the person is on skis being pulled by a motor vehicle, a dog, or even a horse at high speed. Um, I would want to see, I'd want to see the, the horse. Cause I feel like yeah. you don't ever want to stand behind a horse. Right. And this guy's within kicking distance of the horse Oof. on skis. So I feel like that could lead so to you just have some, like long reins. Kind of things. Uh, not super long. Okay. But that's what's but pulling. long enough, long, long enough. Yeah. Long enough that like you can still kind of steer the horse so yeah, you're you're not only trying to ski fast, but you're also trying to steer the horse. So that that could be fun. See, that's that. And then there's kite kite skiing too. Oh, we'll see. We're coming you up just with have them. the kite and it pulls you along. You could do winter um, with the since you got the horses there already. You could do winter dressage, where it's in you're in yeah, like heavy snow, ice fishing. There you go. Yep. Yeah, I like it. So yeah, just do do your yeah do your regular Olympics and then your wacky Olympics. I feel like this could be this could be. Kind I think of a you're cool onto thing. something. I really do. Yeah, I like it. I could see it. I'd so, watch. Anyway, I'd watch. <laughs> I think that about wraps it up. We're almost. Well, that was hour, fast. So it, it 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 flew. This but flew by. I'm sure for the listeners you know, too. Without without Snoop here dragging us down, <laughs> we just you know got right got right in and out, it. baby. Um, well, any any closing thoughts? Mm, no, I no Halloween. Sorry to put you on the spot. Halloween's here. coming up, and I'm gonna do what I always do: turn off my porch light and close the blinds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm be like it's Walter uh, Matthau and Grumpy Old Men. Somebody knocks on the door, uh-huh. get out a stapler or a tape dispenser or something, because I don't have any candy. <laughs> Here's a coaster. Yeah, I mean, you could do do something like that. Just go, yeah, go to the office supply store. Oh no, uh, I'm just gonna clean out the junk drawer. Here's yeah, a broken off. Phillips screwdriver. Have fun. (laughs) (laughs) Just clean out my garage. I guess that's it. We did it. It's episode 316. Uh, We did sports. As always, I want to thank the Minister of Sound, Mikey, the Junior Minister of Sound, Ralphie, uh, Jet Belly Music, the Commissioner, Brandon Casburn, who uh, is on a bye week this week. We'll hopefully hear from him next week, right? Food editor, Dennis Chu, the Kentucky Colonel Sean, and the honorary ball boy this week. Rowdy, it's not every week that I would choose a Georgia Bulldog to be the ball boy, but this week Snoop sent me this with the with the caption that said, here's Reed's new best friend, and he is absolutely right. <laughs> Defensive tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Carter, got into a little mm-hmm. dust-up with uh, one of the Miami Dolphins players, and once he realized the ref was looking in that direction, he got one little last shove from the Miami player and flew backwards and landed on the ground and drew a flag and got the penalty. And when they asked him what he was doing, he said, all I could think of is when he reached out to push me of LeBron James and the flop. And so a 6'3", 313-pound man 
got airborne and flew backwards onto the ground by a one-handed shove from the Miami Dolphins player and credited LeBron James on the flopping skills. So, Jalen Carter, That's awesome. you are the ball boy of the week. <laughs> Yikes. Man. That's awesome. Well, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or email us at sports, sports, sports. Okay, let me start that over because I don't want people typing in too many sportses. Okay, you can email us at sports, sports, sports pod at gmail.com with any questions, headlines, or topics you want to discuss. And don't forget to rate us and subscribe. New episodes will be there every Thursday where we will ask... How about some sports? How about it? Yeah.